All righty, my good people, welcome back to the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. I am your host, CL The Source. Thank you once again for tuning in. Y'all know me. I am your friendly neighborhood hope dealer over here serving up motivation, inspiration, and some of that positivity. And I'm so glad you came back for another dose. And today I got somebody special with me who I came across uh, not too long ago, actually, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I'm really glad, glad that we crossed paths. Something about his Instagram profile really stood out to me. And it led me to just really explore a little bit of who he was. Turns out he is a published author. And what really caught my eye about his book specifically, his book is titled, What Happens When Everything Goes Down? A Story of One Man's Spiritual Journey. What really caught my eye about that book was that he really was in a space, I think, where he was almost at a crossroads and he just up and one day up and decided that he wanted to get up and just like seek the experiences of life, seek the lessons that life was going to give him. So he just decided I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put myself out there and see what life has to teach me. And he is here before us today. I'm sitting here with my man, Joseph Rodriguez, also known as Palooka Joe. What's up, Joe? How you doing, buddy? Yo, what up, Chris? How's it going, bro? Uh, it's going good. Uh, just holding my book up. Just wanted to show the, you know, the peeps out there. Uh, <laughs> really, thank you for your support for this for this interview. And then, uh, feeling good, man. Sun's shining, shining all over, and it's shining behind you too, bro. It's yeah, like, uh, feels good. Another day. Every time I wake up, I'm just like, oh, we got another one in, you know. Oh, man, I'm so glad you said that, man. That's uh, something that actually is part of my practice in the morning, too. Even if I'm, like, not quite jolted just yet, you know what I'm saying? I kind of just, like, yeah. give myself enough time to be like, you know what? I'm awake today. Thank you. Like, I get another chance to experience this, to learn, to be around the people that I love, to cherish these moments, and just enjoy this life experience. So I'm really glad you said it. And thank you for being here, bro. I really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Where, yeah. where are you exactly, man? Uh, uh, coming out of Fresno, California. Fresno, Fresno. Yeah, I got Central some folks Cali. out. Of, I got some folks out in Fresno, man. I'm from San Francisco. I got a couple of folks yeah. out in Fresno. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. That's what's up, you know, uh, here in uh, Fresno. It's like in the middle of California, but I grew up in LA. So I'm from Southern Cali, uh, you know, transplanted into Central Cali. And it's this funny thing that you get to see where you see the influence of Northern Cal and Southern Cali right. like meet in Fresno. Like there's a lot of Oakland uh, A's uh, like T-shirts running around with like uh, San Francisco Giants and 49ers and Raiders. And also there's Dodger fools. And it's funny to see uh, the blend that happens here. In yeah, yeah. Uh, I can relate, man. I mean, I actually spent time in L.A. myself. I, I lived there for six and a half years. Friends of the podcast know um, that I spent some time out there. Definitely had some great experiences and then came back to the Bay Area, man. So you know, um, why don't we start there, man? What, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what made you move out to Fresno and, you know, you're, you were yeah. born and raised in LA. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in LA. And, and honestly, what led me to Fresno, it's kind of like the story before the story, because it's, uh, there's this like point where my girlfriend, she asked me, she was like, where are you going to start this book that, you know, I basically, I have it right here to the, the OG original version of uh, the manuscript. Wow, look at that. So, yeah, I just wanted to show it off. It's uh, 103 pages of just crazy, a crazy <laughs> man's writing, you know. So uh, I started it off and it was just like, where is the starting point? And I'm like, it starts off with me staring at a white wall, wondering what the hell's going on in my life. I'm basically kind of, I felt like I was wasting away. 
at a job and I felt like that a lot in many jobs you know you feel at some point you're wasting away you look around and you just go I got to get out of here so I have this like unique um, viewpoint of life that I'm actually writing about kind of right now in my second memoir uh, I want to keep busy want to keep writing and uh, in the second book it's all about every job that I've ever quit or worked and or have gotten fired from so it's like <laughs> it's like all these life lessons that I've learned uh, that led me to to get to a point in my life to where I was looking at the wall going like there's got to be something more I gotta I gotta you know basically get out of this position that I that you know we find ourselves in we put ourselves in there in, in certain ways our mindsets put us there so it's like uh, once I broke that mindset of being stuck and I had to go an opportunity I was waiting for the right opportunity to come by because uh you know i've read a lot of books and i forget a lot of the authors quoting who to quote but um there's just something about um there's something about reading books that like adds to your repertoire of knowledge mm -hmm. so i was reading a lot of books at that time that were saying things like you know there's a, a spirit inside you that is pushing you to grow and to get out of your shell and it was a thing of just uh, listening to my gut you know and all of a sudden uh the waiting for the right opportunity to come up and a brother of mine who uh, i've named in the book you know for for just like purposes of uh privacy but made up a brother name of abe just to make you know i was like who am i writing about and i referenced him a lot in the book, obviously, you know, all these things really happened, but it's an interesting way I wrote the book. I kind of left almost all the characters are, are like uh, descriptionless. So like you, you get a feel of who is who by reading, by the voice of like me talking, kind of how I'm talking to you right now. So that's how I write. And so in the story, it starts off with me it starts off with me just wasting away doing nothing and my brother hits me up to move away you know he lived in fresno at the time and it was just this thing of like now or never it was like waiting for the right opportunity and and i jumped on it it was this thing of like man when can i come up because he was uh, you know i was living down in la and he was living up as far as i was concerned you know in the central valley and he was just like you could come up tomorrow you can just fucking just come up tomorrow. I was like, wow, that means I have to just quit my job. That means I have to like pack up all my shit. And that means I just have to like tell my family I'm out the door, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was living with my parents at the time with my sister. And it was this hard thing of like everyone getting older, like my mom and dad getting older, having to see that and like having to take care of them more, you know? So I'm the youngest of this big family. I'm the youngest of 12 siblings and it's funny being the youngest because you're like the caboose you get to see everything from the back end and so you know my parents were getting older and my sister was taking care of them and I was trying to help and it got to a point where it felt like I had to let that go to to find who I was to to live my life I had to let them go and for a long time I held on to that because I was the youngest you know I'm this baby and they treat me like one and I'm in this bubble and it's because I'm being, I'm the youngest, like no one ever really saw me as this like authority. I was always a kid, you know? So even when I was 32 years old, I was still treated, you know, I'm still a kid, I'm still the baby. Like no matter how old I got, everyone was still older. 
So it was like this funny thing of perpetually always being the youngest. Mm -hmm. And so I write that in my book, talking about just like the family life that I was living, talking about my work life, and then coming to the realization that I wanted something different, wanted something more, you could say like, you know, people always say, oh, the grass is greener on the other side until you get there. But it was this thing of knowing that, like, I had to catch this ship that was sailing. It felt like the right opportunity to change my life and to start it over again, you know, and just having my brother there. And it was like a the promise of a job. And so it was like, man, I'm going to get to work right away. I'm going to have a place to stay. It's fucking, it's going to be lit. Fresno is going to be lit. It was just like, I had no idea what I was walking into. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> walking into the lion's den. Uh, but uh, I think I write the book with that kind of uh, young schoolboy, that foolish hope of like, everything's just going to work out. It's like, oh, well, how do you know? I don't, I don't know, but I just know. So it's like this funny thing that guides me. And in the book, I refer to it as my gut, my intuition, and also my angels protecting me because I grew up, you know, taught a lot of religious teachings i grew up catholic around my teenage years in my early 20s i stopped going to any kind of mass or you know actually rebelled against religion at large for a while for many years you know people would ask me do you believe in god and i'm just like yeah i don't know you know just i, I don't trust what people tell me i don't think the people who have told me what god is know what god is so i'm trying to figure out what god is all on my own but you know I've, some of these books have helped me you know so it's like uh, it's a thing of just like someone else's prior knowledge, giving you knowledge, giving you that boost of like, you know, this is what I believe in now. So like what I believe in is just that, you know, there's there's a, a, a universal force that there's nothing I could talk about explaining it. You know, it's definitely out of my realm of understanding, but I feel like there's something there doing everything. And so there's nothing really to be done in that way. It's like a, this funny thing where. I spent like a whole year before I left uh, to Fresno in my room, just like dead ass meditating. Just like I would wake up every morning and I would smoke a little weed and I would just go outside and listen to like the birds chirp mm. and the dog bark and like the neighborhood waking up. And it was this thing of being like, man, this is life. Like, this is living. Like if I can't enjoy grass growing, what, what do, what is there to enjoy? Like I have to teach myself to enjoy grass growing. Cause you're never, you don't think about it as something to enjoy like grass growing. It's something I've cut my whole life. So it's like something in me was like reading books about higher spirituality, talking about, I mean, grass as a living entity, even rocks having feelings and just like all this shit where I'm like, why, you know, and that was <laughs> I was absorbing a lot of it and a whole year of just um, there was a book that told me ah, something like if you could sit in your room doing absolutely nothing staring at a wall and enjoy it that you figured out life in, in this weird way like you could just you could you could accomplish a lot with your mind if you could quiet it to that point where you're just enjoying a good sit wow. you're just staring at the wall so I, I was out of work and I was stressing because I was looking for work and my dad started stressing and he started stressing me out. Like, when are you going to find a job? And I had lost my car and it was like this downward spiral of like losing everything. I had to sell my playstations and I had to sell, like I had a really fancy espresso machine. I fucking sold that shit cheap. I was just like 
you know, I think I paid close to a thousand dollars for it. And the dude on whatever I was selling, it was like 250, 250. I was like, just give it, just give me, I need it. Cause I was like losing all these things. And then eventually I lost my car. And I write about all that in the book, just like all this loss. And so there was nothing really tying me down to staying home because I lost everything. I, I've been sitting in my room, just staring at the wall, meditating, waiting for the phone to ring so that, you know, a job would call. So, I mean, eventually a job did call and I uh, like there was a period of time where I didn't work and it was just this really shitty period of just not having a phone like not even you know not having the ability to go out to buy myself a cup of coffee or like just just sitting around being like got nothing to do you know looking for a job you know and my family would be like why don't you go out there and hustle like pound the pavement with your feet and you know hustle on the street like for a job I'm like, that's just not how it works now. You could just sit in your room on your phone and I would just send out like applications on Indeed, like all over town, just like burger joints or just like, you know, any janitor. I'm like, I don't know anything, anything. So no experience needed and just take it. But nothing would hire me. And so I thought, you know, now retrospectively, it was, you know, the, the, the one, the universe, the higher being that's like nudging you this way. It's like, right. no, no, you're right. not going to stay here. You're not going to be comfortable finding some easy job, you know, it's going to, this is going to get you to that point where you're like, I, I, you know, I can take that step and leave and believe in myself. And so mm -hmm. there was something in me that was really spiritual that was telling me like, you're just, you're going to be okay. And it's like, well, how do you know you're going to be okay? And it's like, I don't know. It's just something that's going to protect. I'm going to like Mr. Magoo walk through the streets with my, you know, eyes blindfolded and the cars are not going to hit me. I don't, I'm going to get to the other side, uh, call it, you know, I mean, not even like, oh, because I don't believe in like testing fate. It just, it is, or it isn't. So it's, for me, it's like, if it wasn't true, then it's not true. And if it is true, then it is true. It's like, so for, I think everyone individually, we get to like put that belief into what we believe in. And so that's what shapes us our beliefs and uh, like our experiences, our memories, our, our vows to ourselves. Cause there's times where I'll do something. I'm like, Oh, I told myself I wasn't going to do that anymore. So it's uh, there's a lot of, a lot of these lessons that I've learned from books and from, from life uh, that I put into the book. And that's just the beginning, you know, of me getting that, that, that feeling to leave. And then the trigger that like, triggers it is is the life that I was living so a lot of experiences that I went through that I felt like I had to put into the book because the book is essentially two sections uh each section is uh 10 chapters but the way that this was written it wasn't really written like this it was just written one page at a time mm -hmm. I would uh I would just I would tell my girlfriend do you think I could write a book and she was like I don't know you have to write one page at a time we'll see when you could write one page so I just, I wrote like one page after one page and it was just this story that was pouring out of me. And before I wrote it, I was talking about it like this. So it was like this thing of talking about leaving, talking about being on the train, talking about wondering what the hell was I doing with my life. And um, when I got to Fresno, I was like a man on fire. I was just like ready to take over the town. I was ready to bump into my wife. I kept telling people, I was like, I'm going to meet my wife. And my sister laughed at me. My sister, my older sister, she was like, you're crazy. And I'm just like, I know, I know I am crazy. It's going to happen. I'm just, it's going to happen. Like everything was just going to happen because mm -hmm. it was like, I was speaking it into happening. And so that led me down this rabbit hole though, of maybe false 
beliefs or just like disillusionment. And um, that's where the rock bottom comes into play because I feel like uh, like a court jester, like playing a flute, like dancing you along. And in the <laughs> book, that's what kind of comes off like as that's what I've tried to you know portray this like story of me pulling you along and slowly little by little the the, the song turns sour and the notes go flat and you're like what the hell's going on around here the lights go off and and it gets scary and uh that's I keep I always pump up the second section because I wrote the book to just get through the first section almost as quickly as possible because the fireworks and the real show it starts kicking off uh, chapter 11 section <laughs> section two <laughs> but uh it's like a thing of a build-up it's like a drumbeat so at the beginning it starts off all like friendly and fun and as as the chapters go on it starts getting really intense and you know um uh, i draw a lot of inspiration from everything i've ever seen or experienced like every book i've ever read every person i've ever met even uh when i pray at times when i am praying you know it's like a thing of like wholehearted prayer and I thank you know I thank God for everything and everyone I've ever met or will meet and so like you know in a way years ago I was thanking God for this meeting today right now because it's like this thing of you know we're not guaranteed time Mm -hmm. and and we talked about it a little bit we're like time time is really important to me like the the aspect of giving it and having one's time and sharing time like right now we're kicking and talking on this podcast it's so fun and uh in the book um what made me know that my girlfriend was like the one you know matrix status neo uh was when she said i'll make time for you i was like i was like she's making time for me i'm like what kind of person knows how to make time and at this time my brain was working on this level of like intense coding like reading people, getting their expressions and the words that they would say and like deciphering what they really meant. So like she was saying things that was just constantly blowing my mind. So I'm all reading about the concept of time and space and what is, you know, reality. And, and here she is, she texted me, you know, do you want to hang out? And I was like, oh, only if you have time or something like that. And she was like, oh, I could make time. I was like, <laughs> in the book it's like this fun back and forth of like this fool's hope and then the reality that's around the fool so it's mm-hmm. like who who do you believe do you believe the fool who's telling the story or do you believe your own eyes which are now witnessing the story reading it and it's not adding eventually a point gets to the point where it gets disconnected because things mm-hmm. don't add up and i wrote it so that it's a real slow burn of that happening so it kind of starts off um a little bit like where's this book going but as you get closer to the end of section one and the beginning of section two it's it's a wild roller coaster <laughs> it's pretty, pretty clear it's going it's going somewhere crazy so such, such is life though right brother such yeah. is life you know and it's like life is moving so fast whether we know it or not we're literally spinning on this like rotating rock on an orbit that's evol- yeah. revolving around the sun with other yeah. planets and stars in the universe. And it's, it's pretty wild, man. And you said so much in what you just said, and I appreciate you, oh, tell, you yeah. know, really, really just like giving us a, a gist of what the story is. And now I kind of want to like ask a couple questions in terms of uh, some of the yeah, particular man. moments that you kind of went through when you were writing the book and what inspired it, obviously, but you know, like 
I want to take it back to when you were searching for a job and, and it just seemed like you couldn't find one. Um, was there, was there, was there moments of like feeling like less self-worth or like hopelessness at that point? Or were you kind of still, were you still oh, yeah, believing that yeah. the universe was going to uh, eventually write its course for you? You know, that's funny. Cause um, I mean, mentioning that I was writing this new book, this second book, this memoir, this follow-up, I haven't gotten to that point in even thinking about that section of like, I must, I have to write this now, just like you mentioning all this, because there was this time where I was going to interview after interview and it was like this hope of getting a job. It was like a carrot on a stick. It really, you know, you talk about hopelessness. It's there's that hope that if you just reach a little bit more, you can just grab that carrot. So you're, you're on your adventure and you're not thinking, you know, is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? It's like visualize the carrot, grab the carrot. You can grab, you can reach this carrot and it's just out of reach. Right. So it's this thing of like, ah, I try to get the damn carrot. So like, that's what I think life's about. Um, a lot of it is like chasing, you know, and if you put that thing on your head and you have the carrot extended, you're chasing life. And I was chasing, I was chasing a job. And there's this thing now, you know, retrospectively, you could look back and just kind of see, but there was this desperation in me that was like showing up to interviews and people probably could see it and not like it. Or like, there was something, every time I would give an answer, maybe it was a little bit too excited. It was just like, you know, people were like, thank you, we'll call you. And I'm like, okay, I think it went pretty good. You know, and you're just like, <laughs> they're going to call me back. I'm going to definitely get this job. Why wouldn't they hire me? Like I have all this experience or whatever it would be. And they would just be like, we're passing on you and we're taking some other candidate. And then you're just like, Oh, that actually happened to me just the other day. Recently, uh, I got hired by a job. I went through a goofy ass interview process, went through a terrible training regiment. And then they afterwards is like, they only worked me two days in three weeks. They just went, thank you, but no thanks. You know, we're we're gonna pass. Joe, and if you, Joe, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind me cutting yeah. you off here, I, I, I would like to say something, man. And from what it sounds like, you know, you've went through this whole just trying to jump up and down, jump through hoops to get jobs and stuff like that. Like we all do. Yeah. We're all looking for somebody or like a job to validate us. And then maybe, and I'm pretty sure you probably come across this thought millions of times, which is why you're a writer, but. Maybe there's a reason why these jobs are not for you. Maybe yeah. you're trying to you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole per se. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're you're you've yeah. got a writer's spirit. You you you've got a gift that can't be just boxed in by a job. Maybe you're just yeah. not that that guy, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Dude, you've got you more that. to give, and I really believe <laughs> that, man. Based on like the energy you're giving off right now. The, you know, like, dude, you, I could just tell you're such a creative spirit. And I think if you were to just like, maybe forget the job stuff, man. And just cause you've already been through so much, just trust yourself that you're going to continue to figure it out with your work, with your work, with your writing, put your creative energy into what it is you're meant to do, what the universe has like designed you to do. And I think you'll be just fine, man. Thanks dude. I, I really appreciate that. Um, it's like uh, a lot of um, lessons learned that uh, led me to the belief of just like, ah, this next, you know, next, next thing, next, uh, the, the whole thing of like wallowing in the idea of something, maybe not working out for me, is just like that whole thing of time. It's like, it eats up time. I don't even want to say it's a waste of time because you could invest this 
like commodity of time in anything you want and it grows whatever it is you want it to right. grow it's like a really interesting thing our our attention and our um devotion even it's it's like this funny thing where when my heart when the fire burns out at a particular job there's no repairing it i'm i'm instantly on indeed or whatever looking up jobs now but it was uh, a time in my life where jobs would just kind of jump into my lap and it was an exciting time just before having to struggle i was you know working one job after another and i never had to look very far a job would just come calling and it would be like oh man it's so easy to get a job all you got to do is reach out say hey i'm a really good worker look at me let's interview and people would be like okay it's like happened before you know so i would show up to these interviews when i really needed a job and i'm like simple thing you just go in there you shake their hand you say you want to work hard and they hire you but it it, it wasn't working out so there was a lot of um bus rides home because I lost my car yeah I was a Lyft driver in LA so I was going like 400 miles a night round trip just like taking people everywhere and so I was used to just like being on the road working and making a buck and it was kind of a struggle and it was fun and it was one of my favorite jobs because there was no boss there to like yell at me or tell me what to do (laughs) but uh, I uh, I got hit and my bumper got ripped off and the whole thing like froze my account. So I wasn't able to work. So then I had to like scramble to look for a job that I could even attempt to make that much money in. Cause the thing about Lyft is you could work 12, 14 hours. No one's going to stop you. So it was like this thing of being like, make, you know, for me, it was just make a hundred bucks a day. If I can make a hundred bucks a day, I cover my bills. I, I live a simple life. I'm like hundred bucks a day. So I'm just like, fuck, what job can I work that's going to pay me a hundred bucks a day? <laughs> just like a quick job you could get. It's hard. So I, I was looking at all these different jobs and going to different uh, interviews. And the, and, the, and the worst part was I was getting promised callbacks. So I kept like waiting for those callbacks and it just never materialized. It's this funny thing that the universe keeping you from, from um, you know, where you need to be. So there was this point in my lift career where I literally prayed to God. And like I said, heartfeltly, and I just said, help me take care of my family. Like help me be where I'm supposed to be. Like kind of just like giving that will to a higher power and understanding that whatever may come is, is I'm, I'm basically asking for it. You know, that same day, but, but 10 minutes later, that's when the, the bumper thing happened. And, uh, my account got frozen and it was this thing of like, okay, God, I get it. Funny, funny. Like uh, it's like this thing of like, this is what you asked for. You asked for God to, to like in this way, this, this like entity, this higher, this higher spirit to like guide your path. Well, then your bumper got ripped off. You're not supposed to be a Lyft driver in LA, you know? So then my, my Lyft thing got frozen. I lost my car. So it was like this thing of like, man, I'm losing everything. I sold all my games. I was basically just, all I did was have books. I had my books. So it was like this thing of, um, well, I mean, it was one book after another, but a couple of books that have helped me is um, Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. And he just talks about a lot of struggle, a lot of people hold on to, and it's really the holding on to that makes the struggle. So it's like, if you just let go, I mean, it's as simple as that, but right. the book doesn't really tell you how to let go. It just gives you, you know, a ton of examples of why letting go would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of up to you to put those pieces together. Like, 
I want to let go of whatever it is that's bothering me. And a lot of that was like being the youngest, being so so sorry know. if I interject here. I just I'm curious. Oh, no, how, yeah. how, how do you let go? How like how did oh, you find your so, process of letting go? Like yeah. what did you do to kind of practice that? I mean, honestly, uh, when I think about it, there's this, uh, it's like a game where it's like change the thought. Like there's something about thinking a negative thought that's natural in like our, our human minds, which is something will come up and you're like, ah, it's terrible. And so there's something where I made a game of like, say the exact opposite that's positive as quickly as replace the negative with the mm. positive as quickly as you, as you can. And um, like believe in the positive wholeheartedly because if you say something like, ah, that'll never work, uh, it, it like becomes true. It's mm-hmm. like that will never work because you just said it and you believe that it won't work. It's probably, it's probably not a good idea, something like that. So for me, it's like to, to believe something just in something, you know, to believe in myself is an easy thing because I don't know, it's, it's something when I was really young, I just, I would look in the mirror and I'm like, nobody likes you. I'm like, yeah, but I like you. I'm like, yeah, I like you too. And, we, and I'd have this laugh in the mirror. And it's like, if you could just enjoy your own company, eventually you'll get to this point where you could like grow. And so for me, it's like, I had to sit in a room for like a whole year and just enjoy my own company and grow. And that year is um, partly the year, uh, the six months that I, I, I was out of work. And then I did get to work. Like I said, I was working at Outback Steakhouse and, um, it was like six months of working there. So the year of meditation was really the six months of not working and then the six months of working before I had enough of the working. And I just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have something more. It was just this opportunity of like growth that was beyond my wildest dreams. Like just quit your job, just be dropped off in the middle of you know what I considered nowhere because I don't know anything about Fresno now I know <laughs> Fresno you know but it was just like man I'm just gonna go and and know nobody other than my brother and hey Joe this- Joe I'm curious yeah. how, how did you discover meditation man like did you oh, just kind of yeah, like yeah. discover that on your own or did you uh like you know when you were by yourself you just were like I'm gonna just meditate or no there, there's a, a funny happened? story about that because uh I mean it's really the story before the story, you know, and it's part of my, my journey. And man, the meditation was a real interesting, slow burn years of implementing one tiny step at a time. I mean, when I first heard of meditation and I don't know, someone told me about it. I really don't remember the first time I just thought it was lame. I was like, no way. No, you can't shut your brain off or it's just, I would try and in my mind, it would be like, okay, quiet your mind. And I'd be like, oh, your mind's not quiet. And it's this funny thing of like talking to yourself where for me, I'm just like, no, come on, we could do this. But I couldn't focus when I was younger until, I mean, I was in my mid twenties. I was reading books of higher spiritual awareness. And a lot of them were just kind of casually dropping like, hey, meditation could help you this and that, you know, different forms of prayer is kind of like a meditation and just what meditation means to everyone is a little different. So, you know, for me personally, it just meant like achieving like different points of awareness of my mind of being able to pinpoint, I don't know, let's say like when I first started, it was this interesting thing of wanting to quiet my mind. So I would 
like focus on my breath. So I would breathe and just really focus on my breath. And I've read all kinds of different forms of meditation. And one of them was just like, count to count down from the, the number 88. It's like this weird random thing. I probably found it on the internet somewhere. <laughs> and so it was this guided meditation where it was like, imagine the number 88 and count down slowly in giant letters, just like C88, C87, C86, slowly count down all the way to zero. And I, I kind of felt like it started in the sky as fireworks and slowly sank down to like the bottom of the ocean in this mind of like getting to zero it was like intense, you know, because once you get to zero, you count back up to, I don't know, something like 32. I'm really misquoting this this meditation practice, but this is what <laughs> I started doing. I just started counting up to, you know, maybe 32, 29. And once I got to that number, counting back down to zero. And then being at that second zero, it was like space landing, just like, shh, like my mind was off and I was allowed to live this space of not thinking and being okay with it it was like it led me to a a point in thought where i wasn't thinking and so there's an existence uh that's beyond the level of just like our normal everyday thoughts and so to i think quiet the mind is one of the most intense practices like i said it, it took years and um one of the books that I was reading uh, just talked about focusing on a point in space, any point, you just you pick a point and you look at it and that's all you focus on. And you just laser beam your focus. And there's this way of reaching a level of meditation through that focus and attention that uh, you could also reach in the exact opposite way by focusing on everything and not having any point of focus. So it was this practice of sitting in my room. Like I said, I, I wasn't working. I would wake up in the morning. Like I said, I'd smoke weed, but that didn't last like the whole So I only was at the, probably at the beginning uh, where I had some dough where I was still like, oh, okay, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to keep my car because I'm going to find a job, you know. But when everything slowly fell apart, it was just like, okay, I think I could just leave and know that I'm okay leaving. But um, the meditation really took me to a, a point where I could exist and not think and still function. It was like this weird kind of feeling of, of trying to understand what is consciousness and what are we. And I think a lot has to do with um, like quieting the mind. So the whole, the whole meditation process, it, it was a, it's a long process that I would want to write down. Actually, it's something that is, uh, it, it's, it needs a book. Like I'm starting to realize that I'm a writer because I'm talking in, in book length. <laughs> like, like calm down, stop talking, stop talking. You're talking in book length. Cause there's times where I just want to explain something yeah. and it, it's just, it's going to take so much, well, but that's, that's what I feel like with you, Joe. I feel like that's what, that's one of the reasons why I said, Maybe a job is just not for you, man. Maybe you need to <laughs> honestly just yeah. like you need to be your own entrepreneur. Like the energy that you Thank have, you. if you can just literally like like you did with your book and just just keep oh, writing, yeah. man, keep writing, keep being Thank creative, you. because that's what I feel like your energy is, man. Like you have such a a kind spirit, it feels like it's and it's also just a creative spirit and it's expanded like your your mind is so expanded 
And I think that those thoughts, if you, if you're able to share that with so many people, dude, maybe even start your own podcast to be quite honest with you, man. I mean, <laughs> I think we mentioned off air that you did some stuff, but um, you kind of just fell off it for a little bit, but dude, yeah. maybe, maybe it's something that you want to re-explore again because you have a lot to give, man. And I think that's once, once people discover that, then we, and we make it our mission and our purpose to, to give our gift lately. I've been really um, understanding what Dharma is. Are you aware of what Dharma is? Hmm, that i mean uh sounds very familiar i so mean dharma as as, dharma dharma yeah. you would think you would think that dharma is the opposite of karma but it's like <sighs> the, it's like that it's not it's the ayurvedic like yeah. term of basically it's when you find your gift which is like oh. we what's something that we all have to give to this world before we inevitably perish and then when you tie that with your passion and you tie that with your purpose so for yeah. you, I'm just speaking for you based oh, on, man, based, on the, yeah. based on the, based on the, the few minutes that we've been here together and just me kind of like listening to you and just feeling your energy. You have a super kind heart. I can just feel that about you, man. Like you're <laughs> just like, I feel like you wouldn't hurt a fly, man. You're just like a super nice guy. And then well, on top, yeah, thank you. <laughs> on top of that, like you have a, a, just a, a gift of communication, whether that be through speaking or writing. And you have a passion for it. And that could very much be your purpose. And if you tied that all together, that will be your dharma. And you know the universe rewards. You know what I mean? Like you put Following work out, that. the universe yeah. rewards. So I would say, if, in my honest opinion, find, like listen to what the universe is telling you by not giving you these jobs, by not keeping oh, you at yeah. these jobs for a while. Maybe it's for that, a reason. Yeah, yeah no, I feel you on that. It, you know, what happened actually for this book I mean, all these things that happen, I'm like, I could write a book about it. I could write a book about writing a book because there was this <laughs> point where uh, I was working and uh, I had a retail job at a thrift store. I worked at the Salvation Army for about a year and a half, you know, here living in Fresno. And during that, during that time, it was like this thing of um, wanting to write a book. Uh, I started talking to my girlfriend about it and it was this thing of like, coming home from work, having to like get into the mindset of writing, thinking all day what I would write about, and then having like this explosion of like typing one page. And uh, it's like this thing of, um, it's like this thing of like dictating the pages and the story and it like flowed out of me and I was able to work and write and there was this time where I felt like the story was getting, it gets really intense. So I know you said I was, an, I'm this nice guy and I am a nice guy. I love being nice. It's this funny thing of like having to embrace the good side. Like, you know, everyone can be mean and nasty and have their bad days. And it's this funny thing of just like choosing and being, being what, you choose so like for me it's really important to choose to be a good guy mm -hmm. and to reject these like bad thoughts of things but in the book i i it's pretty nasty there's a very dr jekyll mr hyde uh, i think i even reference that those characters in the book because i go from this real carefree easy laid-back kind of guy to you know just a tyrant just a, some big asshole a big jerk you know and uh, it, it's this thing where um, 
I tried to buy enough good faith in the first 15 chapters, <laughs> the first 15 chapters of my book, because uh, uh, I'm starting to go crazy around chapter 15. No, no spoilers. I, I think the book is, uh, there's a certain amount of, there's no way I could spoil the book because uh, it's like, you have to read it. it. It's really intense. It's built to to be, you know, one chapter after another. The the If you get in the middle of the book, it's going to be like, What's going on? You know, so it's definitely. What, what year did slogans. the book come out? I just uh, we just published it this December. Oh uh, wow! So twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, it's only been out for maybe two, three months, going on three months now. How did you? How did you? I'm curious about the process of getting a book published, man. How did you even put that all together? Yeah, there's this um, this daunting task of like self publishing. Because uh, there's a couple different ways you can go and publish a book. And self-publishing is just an avenue that you can go. You kind of have to put up the cash more. And then it could be this thing where nobody buys your book. It's just this like funny thing where my girlfriend would ask me, you know, what are you putting, the, what are you putting this book together for? Like, why are you doing mm, this? Good question. question. Yeah, you know, and I had to sit there. I thought about it the first time she asked me and I was like, to help somebody I've never met sometime down the line at some point in the future, they're going to pick up this book and not feel so lonely, not feel abandoned because someone else went through hell and uh, you know, what they're going through now is relatable. And um, to know that there's this uh, uh, kind of like uh, rock bottom, you know, that you can then come out from, it's not the end when you hit rock bottom it's this path that we all, you know, we all take different paths. So for me, I just, you know, it was this thing of getting to this point in my life where I I wanted something more and I thought leaving would be great, you know, but it's this funny, um, it's like a tightrope act where I'm a normal guy, but I'll be honest with you in the book, I'm a different person in this book. My girlfriend kind of, we talk about it every now and then where, you know, I'm not the same guy as I was in this book. So I'm writing this character, I'm writing this book. And it's like this character almost like, um, this character almost like, um, like isn't me anymore. It like becomes someone else. As you grow, you've grown from your experiences. Oh yeah, I mean so so me being the writer, I had to like write about me in this sense of growing and it's uh a lot of um I don't know, it's like a lot of my emotions poured out onto the page and I try to to make it so that you you understand that you know, I I am losing it and there's this nastiness that comes up in, you know, a lot of people call it like the shadow of the um the shadow of the self you know or just like the dark night just like this this time where your your soul is is on fire and you're questioning reality and not everyone gets to that point so it's like this thing of just wanting to um like portray correctly the slow buildup of events that lead me to losing my mind because I think I tell my girlfriend man it could have went a different way but the whole time in the book I'm telling myself things like 
it had to happen this way. Like if it didn't happen this way, I don't know, I guess I wouldn't have a book, you know, I wouldn't, the, the things that I go through, I went through, it happened. So being able to articulate that in a form that people can then consume, it was very daunting. So uh, it was one day at a time. It was one page at a time. Like as far as like, man, how did you self-publish? I just poured out my story onto the page. And then, so really, I think what you're after is like the editing process. Cause dang, dude, that was crazy. That's like a whole year of like rewriting the book. Cause I'm, wow. I'm a new author. I didn't grow up writing. Like I didn't grow up going to school for writing or I wasn't really interested in writing, but I've always been interested in reading. So I've read a lot of books and I told my girlfriend one day, I'm like, I've read so many books. I bet you I could write a book. And she was like, you should try. And that's, that's where that ball got rolling. And um, it's like this, uh, this thing of like rewriting. So I took this, this manuscript and, and line by line, I copied it into my laptop. So I digitized uh, the manuscript and it took, it took like three or four months almost of like taking a page at a time, writing it. And the worst part about halfway through, I had a little meltdown because it was like, this is not finished. Like this book is terrible. <laughs> it's going to take so much work to get my story to the point where it's actually at the level of like a book, because just telling your story, just like this manuscript, if I, if I uh, publish this manuscript, I don't know if anyone would be able to actually read it. It's just, right. it's poorly written. It's, a lot of it is like notes to myself and just memories and just kind of pouring out of me. And it's like, eventually when the editing process happened i rewrote the book the first time and it was like whew, that took forever so then i had to rewrite it a second time i was like okay cool it'll be a little faster so every time i rewrote the book it was a little faster but it would still take a long time so i mean the first time took like three months second time took like two months the third time was like one month and then two weeks and then one week and then a couple days it was just like faster and faster i kept reading through fixing anything that was wrong and just moving on and so in a way I edited my own book because um, it got to the point where I left my job I had to leave my uh, my uh, thrift store job at the Salvation Army because my my attention to finish the small details of writing they were starting to consume like every minute of my day like I would write for maybe six or seven hours a day just working on the rewrite just like combing through, fixing it, combing through, fixing it. Just refining and, it, right? Just like yeah. tightening it up. Yeah. I mean, we, we ended up getting it to this point where it was like the fifth rewrite. And I was like, it's done. It's finished. And I kept saying that every rewrite. Dude, so that's, got to that's, point. You're, you're a true artist, man. That's that's what a creative person does. Like they're so, yeah. you know, and I, I, I feel that same way myself, not to cut you off. Sorry, man. But I just wanted oh, to no, say that like, that is absolutely natural when you're in this creative state because you want it to be, it's like your baby. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you want yeah. it to be received as best as possible. So you're going to put all this time and attention into it and just really try to make it the best that it can be so that it can have that profound impact for someone. And I love how your girlfriend asked you that question. And I'm curious with that question uh, of like uh, where she asked you, what are you writing this book for? Was that prior to like, you writing it or like deciding to write it or during the process of you writing it? When I think was it? It was like 30 pages into probably three months in 30 pages into my manuscript. 
it was like I was starting to probably dedicate. So you started already. Into it. Yeah, already, already, already like into the beginnings of it because um, I think there's this funny thing about like the first five chapters that I wrote. They're almost separate from the last 15. It's almost like a really long introduction where the first five chapters are just almost introducing the players, kind of giving yeah. my backstory, uh, giving my adventure. And then in the fifth chapter is where like the adventure begins. So it's like this interesting thing where um, I think before I got to that fifth chapter, it was like, what are you writing this for? Because there was a lot of maybe like family memories, memories of back home, this whole like building up of like uh, experiences that led me to leaving. And it was like, what what are you even going to talk about you know like what is this book going to even encompass yeah what's the intention behind it right what's, yeah like yeah. what you know you, you went through hell and you you know we had this crazy relationship and how much you know is true and what's going on like everything in the book i i try to make is i make as true as i possibly could with respect to my girlfriend and respect to you know not only her family but my family and and people that i don't know who are going to grab this book someday and I'm kind of um, the type of person who uh, maybe will, will will tone it down. So like the book had all these, you know, maybe let's say juicy details, but uh, one by one, I kind of plucked them out. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's not like the less juicy, it's not going to be good. It's almost like I took out all these things and all of a sudden the book started flying. And it was like, you know, I like that people are quickly getting through like I'm I'm reading it and getting through the first five chapters I'm hoping that people will do the same like I kind of want you to burn through those first five and then it gets harder to read I think so I'm curious what's what's some of the feedback you've gotten I didn't get a chance to look on your Amazon link if there was any comments and stuff like that yeah there's one uh (laughs) one review it's this funny thing of like Amazon uh there's a a certain bar that you have to reach of like being an Amazon Prime member, like I don't know, they, like Amazon is a funny thing where they'll remove comments if it doesn't meet the mustard of like their requirements. Of so we do have one like verified review, and it's it's really nice. I mean the the lady who bought the book bought it through Instagram, uh, or like just like the contact of like me posting. She um, is a local uh, soap vendor. She makes her own soap. And uh, she's cool. Shout out to the soap lady. And uh, she she must have ordered it on Amazon because she randomly sent me like a text or like a message with the picture of the book being like, we got our copy, her and her husband. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And apparently she like burned through the book and read it like two days. Wow. She was like, yeah, she was like, you know, the beginning was a little like, where are you going with this story? Because it's it doesn't I mean I tell you that I'm going on this adventure and maybe I keep hyping it a little too much those first five chapters, but like the last fifteen is the adventure that I'm hyping. So it's like I told her I'm like I didn't know people were going to consume the book in two days. Maybe she saw a pattern I, I didn't recognize. Is it took me you know so long to write it, and then even when I read it, it took me about maybe three days. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm curious now, like what, what have you learned that you're going to apply into this second book that you're writing, man? Yeah, man, that's, that's, what's interesting. You know, I think, uh, so I ended up rewriting the book over and over, like so many times, actually 10 times, or wow. it got to the point where, yeah, it was, it was like a whole year of rewriting it. Cause, uh, I kept feeling every time I touched it, I made it better. 
So it was like this thing of getting to the point where, I mean, now I, I read my book and I'm just like, oh, I could have made it better. But it got to the <laughs> point where it was like, man, if we don't publish this today, we are never going to publish this. Like it was like this thing of being like, after the last intense rewrite, it, it was just, it needed to go. It was just like, you know, I was tired of reading it. I was tired of writing it. I was like, it's finished. And now when I read it and write it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I could fix this and this and I could fix that. But I'm like, you know what? I'm pouring that energy into just the next book. I mean, if I do someday eventually kind of fix all the typos of the first one, I think what I'm doing is I'm, I'm learning that I can be productive and keep this like consistency of writing if I give myself like a quota for the day. And so I think what I learned the most is just how to be consistent, like how to really show up, how to um, like my writing is getting better every time I touch my keyboard. And it's like this funny thing of just being who I am. I'm just like really embracing that I talk a certain way that my girlfriend calls it like a storyteller you're like a natural born storyteller. <laughs> so I just, I kind of embraced this, um, this flow of, of words and energy. And I think now I just trust it more. Now here's, when here's before, a question I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you enjoy writing? Is it still, oh, some, is it something that you love to do? Oh yeah. I think, um, I think it's, uh, it's a calling, you know? So nice. for me, I could sit down and type, I like uh, the other day, I was like, I'm going to type a thousand words in one book. And then I typed a thousand words in the other book. And then wow. I feel like I accomplished something for the day. And then if time permits, I'll add a, a few hundred words of here and there, depending on what. So I'm working on two books right now. One's my second memoir. And the other one I've been teasing as a secret, thir- or like my third book. But it's going to be uh, my first novel. And uh, that's a little bit further behind. It- it's like a thing of, I heard somewhere on YouTube, one of these videos that I watched where it's like, if you want to be like happy as a writer, never finish writing, like never be complete. Always have something you're working on that's open-ended. Always start a side project and just type a little bit in it when you get bored of typing in your other one. So I started my second memoir and I wrote a couple pages, a couple chapters. It started really forming. And then uh, when I would get bored, because I would, I would just get burned out of writing. I'm like, what am I doing writing about all the jobs I've ever worked? You know, why my first book is like this funny thing of like, it's an interesting story because I I went crazy and I come back from it. And this whole thing of meeting my girlfriend, it's like this legacy I'm leaving. So my second book, it's just going to be all about the different jobs I've worked. And I'm like, man, if I, what the way I want to leave that one is just like every experience led me to where I eventually got to the point where I wrote my first book. So I feel like all those things, maybe even at first when I didn't, I didn't think they were important. Maybe they are important. Like maybe I could just tie it together where I'm writing about when I'm 17, 18, getting my first job. I'm kind of writing about me when I'm around that age, things happening to me and my thoughts and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm trusting more my voice. Like I'm okay. If no one reads my second book and no one thinks it's good, no one likes it. I, I think it, it will be like written better than my first one. Cause I've worked so hard on that first one. I spent a whole year of writing. Now I'm like three months into my, the second memoir, it's around 40,000 words. So it's probably, if I'm going to be happy with it, I'll add, 
close as I can to 40,000 more. So I might, you know, it's going to be a little bit shorter than the book I have now. And I'm okay with that. It was like this weird thing of having to have a book that was like 350 pages or something. It was like this like dream of like writing a 450 page, like my book has to be long. But then uh, when you self-publish, you start realizing that just adds to the cost. of manufacturing. Well, it sounds to me like the beauty of writing a, or writing in general or anything is you could always write another book later on. Like you got two books yeah. cooking right now, man, which is yeah. pretty, pretty cool, man. I would say that okay. like, even if you don't do 350 pages this time around, dude, you're, I feel like just with anything in life, the more you do something, you inevitably get better. So what you're yeah. going to do is take these lessons from the first book to the second book, to the third book, to fast forward to your 50th book, maybe your hundredth book. And then you'll do You don't know yeah. what the future has yeah. in store for you, but you oh, have the bro, control yeah. you. within your hands, right? Like you have this gift and you're just, it seems to me like it just pours out when you get out there. So, but I also, can I be honest when I say this, I, I feel oh, like yeah. you have a hint of perfectionism, which is, <laughs> which can be good, but it can also be bad. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Because it, it'll just be like, damn, like you'll just drive yourself up the walls, man. If you just like are overthinking yeah, it, yeah. sometimes you just got to let that thing do what it does and then just take the lesson and keep moving forward. But I mean, I'm yeah. excited. I'm going to pick up a copy of your book and take a, take a listen to a take a read of what you got going on. And I just oh, want to see you, your, man. your natural progression, because honestly, the reason why I asked, are you loving it is because if you love something, this is going to be something you're going to do the rest of your life. And if that's the case, sure, you're going to yeah. have more projects. You're going to have more work down the line. We don't know what tomorrow holds. You and I have both oh, I know. You know, clearly talked about time being a gift. So, you know, just, just I guess, um, make the most out of the present moment. And, and the, the present moment dictates your future moments, man. So, I mean, I really appreciate yeah. the, the positive vibes on that. Because um, maybe in December, we had just launched the book. <laughs> I just started writing the second book. And I was just like, like i don't know when you pass like a video game that you played for a hundred hours <laughs> and you just and it's like okay you want to play the sequel you're just like yeah you want to take just, a break I, for a bit yeah, enjoy yeah, it i mean it was like i think i took like two a week off or two weeks off from like i wasn't writing at all i, I told my girl like mm. we just published uh the book had just launched we i think it was like this thing of fulfilling pre-orders and uh, early uh, mid-december late what, december what did you do like, during that time when you when you took that time off Oh, were you bro, were you enjoying just, the, uh, the grass sweating. growing? <laughs> it was like this thing of starting to look for work again I, and, and uh. feeling those same feelings of like, oh man, when you really need a job, your jobs just scatter. They're just like, they don't call you back. And so I think around December was when the book was like officially finished, finished. We, we published around December 18th or on December 18th. And um, it was a thing of like, okay, I'll start looking for a job after the holidays clear out. And then, you know, nothing came back. And it was like, okay, after New Year's clears out. And I was like, okay, I don't know. Maybe they're not hiring for January. I was just like, man, I was kept looking for work. But the whole time I just kept writing, you know, I would, there's this routine that me and my girl have where I'll wake up and I'll try to write a thousand words as quick as I can. Like we'll chill for a little bit. She's an artist. So lucky for me being a writer, because there, there could be this loneliness to writing. Like I have to be alone when I write which means you know she's alone we live together and so there's this great sense of like having to ignore each other to get our work done and so there's times where I have to focus and write and just knock it out so then we could reconnect Mm. so like even even now she's like you know drawing or she's doing art 
and uh it's like this cool thing of like bouncing off each other like i knew when i met her that i wasn't going to ever be bored ever again <laughs> i knew when i met her that i wanted to just make her laugh and smile like for the rest of my life and that would be enough that's like enough like i don't need a lot of material things because at some point in my life i didn't have any material things and i was mm -hmm. totally happy with just like a cup of coffee just chilling outside you know uh the things i appreciate most in life are like a ride uh, you know because i took in the bus i've taken the bus so the much. simple things right yeah they're like a free nug someone's like here's a nug you look like <laughs> i'm like dude yeah thank you just man sometimes we'll wake up and i'll tell her someone's gonna bring us weed today and my girl will just look at me and shake her head like so and then her mom will show up and be like you know here's a nug and we're like oh hey it's like oh, wait, shit. how do you know there's this funny thing of um, guessing correctly. You know, you start thinking like, man, am I psychic? Did I just... Well, did, you're like, speaking we'll, into existence, right? Dude, yeah, we'll be watching football and, and someone will be just running down the field, just like killing it. And I'm like, they got to be careful. I'm like the quarterback hasn't thrown an interception in a while. The next play is like, interception, it's been a while. I'm like, I don't know. Dude. Can you imagine if like you could, and then you can, the more you practice it, can you imagine <laughs> actually channeling that energy that that psychic energy and actually yeah. making it work in your favor right like literally. yeah yeah the, the the real part comes where like not playing the the funding games of, of you know uh i mean like like that psychic energy i think guides me in a way where it's like keep writing like that voice that says something like i don't know there's a there's an energy that pushes me propels me that uh I think is is of like made of like it's not made of me but it's like the spiritual energy that it's like um something I write about I write about in the book you know because there's this part where uh I go off into another dimension and uh it's it's like this funny thing where it, 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 it's like a, almost like a meditation that I didn't initiate and so all of a sudden I found myself in, in a deep meditation very quickly. And, and what I experienced during that was just this um, like reversal of time. Like I, I went back wow. to when I was a childhood or back to when I was a child, when I was like in a crib to a memory that I don't really remember, but I was like visually seeing it. Like I was in a crib, I was looking around, someone walked through the hallway and I was like remembering this, having to write about this. And it was like, what really did happen? And I'm like, you know, closing my eyes and I'm imagining because it was this thing of like seeing visions. And so, you know, eventually I, I go back to the delivery room. I go back to being inside my mom's womb. I go back to being like a fetus of a thing of, of disappearing, of being cells and organisms. And it's wow. like, yeah, there's, there's this like coming to the moment of like, what, what are we made of? What are we, you know? And um, there's something about everyone gets to make a decision about what they believe in. So for me, I just, I'm like, okay, I'll just put it out there in a book and, uh, and, and just hopefully people find it and resonate with it. And if they don't or do just, you know, just keep going, just keep writing. So for yeah. me, I really resonate with how you're just like, keep it up, dude, just keep writing. You're resonating like so well with like, you could tell that you know maybe it's i get excited about writing well i wouldn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it if i didn't believe it man like i honestly feel like <laughs> you have like a like a real cool energy bro and it's like dude like your gift is writing because not everybody can sit and just you know not everybody can be disciplined enough and 
write that writing is actually something I hope to do as well. Like uh, at some point, you know, I really want yeah. to, I really want to create a book for myself. That's actually been something that's on my bucket list to do. It's actually on my, my vision board as we speak. Um, you know, it's something that I know it's going to happen at some point, you know, but I, I'm not quite at that space just yet where I can literally yeah. focus in and it takes a certain type of self-discipline. So for you to have that and like for it to come so naturally, like you need to, I think there's a, a bigger reason and you need to pay attention to that even more so than you're doing right now. Now, what I might say yeah. is like, if you want to make this something you can live off, which I yeah. pretty sure you would love to do, right. <laughs> you no, might want to, sure, yeah. you might want to spend, exert some energy on like kind of learning the business side of it too, on how you can promote it, how you can market it. You know what I'm saying? Get it out to more yeah. people because, and it's not even just from the, uh, from the monetary standpoint, I think, Again, going back to the question that your girlfriend phrased to you is like, why did you write this book? Why are you writing this book? And your answer yeah. was so that it can impact someone, so that it can help somebody, so it can relate to somebody and it can move them and it can help them. So the only way it's going to help them is if they even know about it, right? So oh, you have yeah. to find a way to get it into the hands of as many people as possible so yeah. that it can help them. That's oh, what, it, yeah, what it does, yeah, right? I you. Yeah, the, I think we're up to like close to getting the 30 sales-ish, you know? And it's like a thing of like... That's awesome, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man, it's, it's a fun and thing. And it's limitless, like, really, dude. If you think about it, yeah, yeah you're at 30 right now, but dude... Oh, it, yeah. Imagine. Yeah, I, mean, I could sell 30 tomorrow with this interview. Like, it's a cool thing of like talking to you about the book because I think even this interview, uh, you know, people will click on it, people will watch it. And it's a thing of just spreading the knowledge because that's definitely it if someone doesn't know you exist they don't know you they don't know what's up so right. you, you got to reach out to them and kind of tell them you exist and uh, in today's world with the look at what we're doing right in today's world like with yeah. the internet like we connected on the internet it's so much like gosh there's so many tools at our disposal joe man and it's just a beautiful <laughs> time to live so yeah, you know yeah. honestly bro like i could see this like really being your gift. Like, I know it's your gift. I can sense that about oh, you. Wow, if you didn't already you. know that about yourself, hear it from me, man. Somebody who's just met you today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. It's something that, um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm writing now with like conviction where I'm like, yes, like this second book, I want it to come out. I want it to come out so that, you know, people can relate. I think everyone can relate to just working a shitty job or right. I think everyone can relate to eventually getting to the point, you know, that I got to Maybe the adventure I went on, I mean, I wrote about it. So eventually, I think if I finish writing the second book, it's going to be at that last job right before I, I quit to to go off into the unknown. Or, uh, you know, it's like this funny thing of like, where does it stop? Like I could keep writing maybe where I write about some of the jobs that were <laughs> Fresno, you know, like I can make right. it a chapter just like the three, you know, the three or so jobs. that yeah. I Dude, see, and that's yeah. the beauty of it, right? It's like, you can literally do what you want. It's your canvas. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, just like your girlfriend's an artist, like this is your canvas, oh, yeah. man. This is, you can go any direction you want to go in, man, which is oh, yeah. amazing, dude. And I'm, I'm so happy for you, man, that you, you know, going through those experiences that you write about in your book and you share about your, your journey and stuff like that to ultimately arrive where you're at and to, to experience these revelations and really just be able to channel that energy and, and have all these lessons to, to share to, with the intention to help other people. That's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, we, I wanted to show off because we, we have my book published, which is cool. And my girl, she published a coloring book. She's wow. like this, this really cool artist who 
who draws like intensely psychedelic. I was actually going to ask you about that because I saw that yeah. on your link tree and I was yeah. like, oh, you did a, you did a coloring book too. But so that's your girlfriend that did that. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to show it off. Cause I think part of, of like, wow. of, of like my team, like, you know, she's the other half of me in, in that way where we published these books together, uh, divine duality is our, our publishing name. So we thought of these, like, I mean, it took a while to come up with the, the name divine duality, but wow. it kind of represents us in, and uh, she's really into, into drawing, you know, of a higher dimension. I think that's awesome, man. Nature. Yeah. I'm, I'm like always really, lo- I'll show this last one. And so it's like, she, she just put together all this work from years of, of her art and she's been wanting to make a coloring book for a minute. And it just, it came together wow. real quick because uh, she had all this time because I was writing this book, you know, she was just sitting around. She was like, I want to make a coloring book. I was like, yeah. So, I was like, oh, so it was my like God. this funny thing of like her drawing and working on this coloring book, me typing, getting our, our book. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. I'm, I'm sure like a kid, when they get their hand on that, they like can go so many different directions in, in coloring yeah. it because just by the, the the first look at that it's like wow they can play around with different colors there's so many different directions they can go in within the page and it, yeah. it'll just turn out to it'll it'll kind of turn out to be like your shirt with more colors oh man. yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll uh, we, she, like it, it, it's a funny thing of like being an artist because like me and her we talk about it where we're just like at what point do you do you put a price on your soul like how much is this you know because like there's a time where you're an artist and you're drawing and you're just like what am i doing what is you know no one's totally. buying anything or something or of course it's like you, you have to like i don't know we see a lot of art where it's like you know batman you want me to draw you joker and i'm just like no it's okay like for like my girlfriend's blessed where she just a vision will pop in her mind and she'll just draw it out it'll just wow i mean you want me to show off she's been sitting here just slowly putting this together wow this is like that's incredible man oh yeah well we've been talking it was just a blank page she sat down and she just started drawing it wow so like she she's my inspiration and it's funny that like i could be hers so like she would be you know sitting here watching me type and i would stop i'd look at her and i'd be like is are you okay i'm sorry am i ignoring you too much am i I typing too much and she'd be like no it's awesome just keep going and so she was always so cool yeah so cool dude you know honestly joe man that that's so cool that you guys are together and you guys both make each other better because i think that's the goal in any relationship is like for for a relationship to be a platonic relationship a successful relationship and a love-filled relationship is just to aim to always help each other grow and experience life in a different fashion and elevate right and i think that man Honestly, that same kind of blind faith that it took you to leave L.A. and leave, and go to Fresno, that's what you got to put into your book and into your girlfriend's artwork and into your – what is it? Divine uh, Duality? Uh, divine Duality Publishing. Du- divine Duality. Like, dude, <laughs> that same energy, you put it yeah. into into your brand because that's your brand. That's your yeah, – that's your, both yeah, of your brand. And you guys are each other's team, man. And I feel like, honestly – you can go as high as you want to go. It's all up to both of you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really feel that. I really appreciate that. I mean, when I met her, I felt that energy. Like immediately I was like, hello. It was like, <laughs> this connection of just That's like, cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, luckily, we. I mean, our relationship continues to grow. And I mean, I, I talk about finding the woman that I want to marry. I mean, it's, it's her. I told her, I'm like, you're it, baby. Like, you're. I don't want to meet anyone else. Because <laughs> there's this funny thing of like knowing of being 
uh, like having conviction, saying something like, I believe in this, I will do, you know. So when I met her, I was just like single for a whole year. I was like searching for myself. I found what I thought was myself. And so I found this direction of like, I know what I want, you know? And so a lot of times I didn't know what I wanted out of a relationship or just like who I was even because uh, a lot of that comes in, out in the book where I'm just still referring to myself as like a 32 year old boy. And she's just like, you're not a boy, you're a man. And it's this part in the book where I'm just like, she's right. You know, what are you talking about? And it's like this bubble <laughs> popping because uh, of being the youngest of always being treated like a right. kid and never really um, being put through this ad- kind of adversity. So for me, it was like, I moved to Fresno. I didn't have a job. And eventually I, I move away from my brother because we get into a big fight. You know, I showed up to my girlfriend's house and I'm essentially homeless. I'm just like, Hey, can I live here? And she was just like, no, I had just met her three days prior. Oh, she, was, <laughs> she was like, what? Not my girlfriend then, you know? So she was just like, no, you can't stay here. But she let me like stay the the night and I, I never really left until the, <laughs> the what, what transpires in the book, you know, cause you eventually you read what happens and it's like this funny thing of like us breaking up and then something happens that would break us up and then us coming back together and something wow. brings us back together. So it's a, it's a That's long cool, journey man. and it's like this cool, this cool drawing with this like, did she do that too? Staff. Oh no. You said you hired a local artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to Juan. Uh, he's a local artist, Goozer 38. And, uh, I, I actually shouted him out in the very back of my book. Cause I was like, I got to give a final, a final thought. You can kind of see yeah, that final thought. So in the final thought, it's really just like, after I wrote the book and the thank yous and everything. Yeah. So, I just yeah. wanted to thank, you know, I think, uh, the proofreader, the first proofreader we had, uh, suggested that, you know, I do a couple things different. And at first I was like, how, you know, whoa, like that's going to change the whole book. What is, you know? And I ended up implementing those things and they did change the book. I was like, you know, they changed it for the better. So like to be able to like get this feedback from a proofreader was really, really valuable. And, you know, it was this thing of, we had a, a, a beta reader who read the whole book. And I was able to question her a ton. I was just like, what did you like? Did you like the beginning? Was it too slow? I mean, what do you say about, what do you say about, you know, uh, how did you feel? Did it make you feel like, was I too, you know? And so she was able to tell me things, you know, when she first started reading it, when I was first officially done, this beta reader, um, uh, you know, uh, in the family, it was this thing of like, um, she loved it. She was like, man, Joe, wow you're amazing and i'm like no careful because you're going to get to the second section and it changes a little bit you might actually start hating me and she was like no no there's nothing you could write that's going to make me you know change my mind and it got to the point where she read the part i'm talking about and she was like i think i hate you a little bit i think i hate you a little bit i was like it's okay it's a keep reading though just don't stop like if you stop reading there you hate me forever so just keep reading (laughs) That's so awesome, whole, Joe. Yeah, there's a redemption in the book that, that I think comes through in the last couple of chapters. That's so awesome, Joe. Honestly, man, I'm so excited for you and like the journey that you've not only been through, but that you're going to continue to go on by sharing yourself and being transparent and really just being vulnerable because sharing art is like a vulnerability. And I think that takes a tremendous yeah. amount of courage and bravery. And so shout out to you and your girlfriend, man. Like, like artists in general, man, like we when you put yourself out there, it is a scary thing because 
people can be some harsh critics sometimes and like you know it can it can really it feels like it can wound you but when you believe in yourself enough and you've gone through the fire like you've been through man from what it seems like like it's almost like you recognize that like nothing can hurt you unless you let it right and like I, i i can sincerely feel that about you now you know, I hate to kind of do this, but I gotta, I gotta wrap this up because I do got another. Oh, good. Meeting. No, dude. Yeah, but um, I wanted to give you some space here, real quick, to maybe leave the folks with something like a message that you want to just let out uh, before we get out of here, and just also how they can connect with you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram, so my uh, my name's Paluka Joe Wright. So, I mean, I'm. I don't know if you like put it or wherever you know. I I'm definitely sure will. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good, man. I'm really, really impressed. So thank yeah, you. Paluka Joe writes. Uh, I mean, I post memes, and I'm a stoner, so I, I take tokes and I post tokes, and I just have fun with the page. I want to actually start uh, like Monday, like Mondays writing. Like I want to just wake up on a Monday and go live, and you could join me, and we do uh, some guided, some guided writing where you know I kind of give some kind of um, lesson and I, we basically type for 10, 20 minutes and then we could read, go live. So I, I want to test it out the waters and all that. So, I mean, it's a thing of checking me out where, you know, I'm, I'm basically going live and typing and, and inviting writers to come along. And, and then also on like maybe on Fridays, I just want to go live and smoke weed. So I'm just gonna <laughs> that and there's going to be like no writing and, so I, I told my girl, I'm like, if I could go Monday writing and be like a writer and then Friday chilling and we kick in and smoking, I was like, that might be like the direction of the page where, where, you know, so, and then also for me, just writing, just like, as long as I could get a thousand words in, uh, there was a thing where I quit my job all dramatically to finish writing my book. Cause I had to focus on it. And, um, now I know I could r- work and write and I don't have to quit a job and, we could publish the book. It doesn't have, like, it was this like deadline I was putting in my own mind where we had to publish the book as quickly as possible. So I devoted all my energy to, to do it. So now I'm just like, yo, little bits at a time. It could take a year for this next one to come. That's okay. Like it, it doesn't have to be published in three months or five months or 10, you know, it's like, it's going to come. We're going to get, I'm going to get it to the point where we can publish it. And we'll, we'll, you know, I'll be talking about, it. it's like a fun thing of like, uh the the instagram's really where where i connect maybe i'll start a, a podcast or put it on youtube because oh, then i've been seeing you uh hustling with like your videos and i'm really i'm clicking on all of them because i'm like we've been watching you've been in our living room chilling more so it's like funny to be live with you man i really appreciate yeah you of course man it, it was such a pleasure to have you here man and learn more about your experience in writing the book not only that but the experience that led up to writing the book right that was like really what i wanted to get into and you really shared a lot and i I really appreciate that, man. I appreciate the support, man, because you have been somebody I see that's really active and interacting with my post, man. I, I sincerely appreciate that support. And I, I wish you, you and your girlfriend and all your loved ones, nothing but the best, man, because I feel like you have such great intent in your heart to help other people by sharing your story. And uh, that's really important, man. So I'm always rooting for someone like you. And uh, yeah, man, just keep up the good work, brother. And yeah, hearing that and seeing that you're like the local hope dealer. I'm just like, man, thank you. I, I really appreciate those words. And I say the same right back to you with, you know, I mean, uh, there's a funny thing about bumping into people, you know, why and, and what, and, you know, it's like questioning, trying to figure out, it doesn't make sense. So it's like just accepting what is mm-hmm. and uh, following your page. It's been, it's been cool, you know, just talking and, and chatting. And I, I look forward to following you and watching your interviews, your next ones, and just seeing your page grow. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on. 
Absolutely, Joe. Thank you so much again, brother. And those that those that uh want to go get his book, it's on Amazon, and I'm pretty oh, sure it's yeah. in like some some other stores as well. The book is called What oh, Happens yeah. When Everything Goes Down: A Story of One Man's <laughs> Spiritual Journey. And this man, Joe, right here, is a you know a tremendous dude. He's I'm pretty sure he's got some some pretty cool stories in there that uh, uh, one can learn a lot from. So, Joe, it's been a pleasure, Thank brother. You. Thank you, man. And uh, I mean, can't wait to uh, repost this and shout you out, man. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah, man. absolutely. And I'll definitely be in contact with you again, man. I'm Hopefully we can get this going on down the line. I want to keep up with your progress, man. It sounds oh, like yeah. it sounds like you've got so much going on that like you want to just get it all out on paper. And I, yeah. I just want to see your progress and, and, you know, just be able to just like uh, channel your energy and hopefully you can channel mine and we just help each other continue to build, man. So yeah, man. Yeah, thank you thanks. so much for, for, for being here, brother. Oh, dude, thank you. And uh, I mean, God bless, take care. And uh, we'll, you know, look forward to sharing this post and seeing you, you know, grow too, man. Uh, 100%. I really appreciate this. Of course. And to all those that made it to the end of the podcast and continue to support the Bless Beyond Measure podcast, we truly appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that you got tremendous value out of this as i did i learned so much today and uh please be sure to follow joe at palooka joe writes go check out his book on amazon and support everything the man's got going on thank you y'all till next time stay up and stay blessed peace